Hello and welcome to the Yellow Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Juliette Marhofer Duggar, and I'm so excited that you're with me today. So I have something a little unique for you, and this is a solo episode. And I I drew inspiration for my time with you today from my book, and it's chapter 10, titled Found in the Field. And I want to talk with you about our femininity, sexuality, intimacy, and essence. And I know that there's some controversy around those words, and they can also be trigger words for us, depending on what we have walked through or are walking through, healing from. I also believe that they can be words of life and restoration. And I'm hoping and praying that that's exactly what it is for you today and for your heart and that there's a piece or pieces in this that helps you to gain some perspective on your own life your own heart and then also for the fellow warriors that are around you as i'm sharing with you today i'll be weaving in and out of the information i've written for my readers through my newsletter and then also from my book watershed warrior I'll be starting on page 163, and that section is titled No Longer in the Dark. As I wrote my book, God allowed an explosion in my heart, one that I never knew would come. Every moment spent with him carried a unique intention as he kept leading me back to one word, good. It was abundantly clear he would require vulnerable elements of my story to be included because he wanted to heal them in the process. I'm learning personally to open my heart and lean into my essence. A pure desire to ignite hope in your own heart that it's time. Time to reinvent parts of ourselves that have felt permanently lost to chaos, confusion, even trauma. Every warrior is unique with a common thread of resilience running through her veins. Perseverance is in her DNA. As a young girl, I was so drawn to anything that was one way before and another way after. As I reflect on my younger self, what I realize, I was longing for transformation in my own soul. Unbeknownst to me, this was a bespoke calling engraved into my soul as a child by the hands of God. He was tilling the soil of my heart to share life with others as a watershed warrior. Inviting Jesus Christ into my story at five years of age, led me to a life I would have never experienced apart from him. He is my earliest and most treasured memory of my first watershed moment. So at 16, I was accepted to Page Park Center of Modeling School and eventually their agency located in Houston, Texas. The world of runway and commercial print opened my eyes to a view of humanity foreign to me as a child who grew up surrounded by sticks, horses, and a national forest. Week after week, I would listen as the girls around me discussed how little they ate and most of it they threw up. The pressure they felt to achieve the catwalk and cover appeared tragic to me, but it was an obsession to them. Looking back, I realized this was their belonging. Entering back into my story that I share with you in my book about the word good, the beauty of God's rescue met me in the nooks and crannies and everything in between. When I didn't think his presence and love could be closer, I felt as if he was closer than my next breath, close enough to touch. But his intention of the good pursued and pursued. I leaned in. I leaned in deeply until I felt something jab me from the inside. What was this good? 
that hurt, then I knew he was preparing me for another rebuild after a removal. There was an arrow tip tucked away, embedded in layers of scar tissue unlike others left behind. Years in the making, the enemy was after something sacred, an empowerment he attempted to destroy throughout my story, my femininity, my sexuality. I want to invite you right now to focus on that word empowerment. At 17, I began freelancing as a self-taught makeup artist. And in my day, social media tutorials did not exist. But I loved every second of it, though. A few years in, I purchased my first set of professional brushes by Trish McAvoy from Neiman Marcus and eventually acquired Bobbi Brown into my collection. Having the privilege of meeting both of these makeup artist icons was poignant in my career taking shape. During one of my visits to Neiman's for a Meet the Artist event featuring Trish McAvoy, I conjured up enough gumption to request that she view my portfolio I had shamelessly smuggled into the store with me. I'll never forget the moment she looked at me and said, you have talent. I clung to that and ran hard after all I could get my hands on. I spent hours in prayer with God. I remember as a young girl asking him to help me inspire women to embrace their aesthetic, their feminine, alongside pursuing restoration for their soul. I share with you in my book, at 13 years of age, after returning from a camp, I had an experience with God where he showed me and shared with me the calling on my life would be to tend to the hearts and souls of women. You can imagine at 13, I was a little dumbfounded and thought, huh? <laughs> I'm just a 13-year-old kid. But that was the beginning of God showing me what my life could become. So once I established myself as a makeup artist, I became a licensed esthetician, a certified airbrush makeup artist, and started my own business as an independent consultant, growing into a regional vice president with a European skincare line. Eventually, all of those steps led to launching my own mind and body company, hyper-focused on soul care. Returning back to the pages in my book, my spirit, soul, and body hold stories and accounts of heartache and trauma, stories of healing and restoration. But that fine arrow tip, the unseen only God could see, imprisoned a part of me he wanted free. I had resolved myself to the decision that no man needed me. Please don't misunderstand me. This wasn't a pity party. The subtle influence flowing from this tip was self-hatred, disguised as acceptance. My inner resolve was carrying a message that seemed fair, not flawed. My fair thoughts to solidify my decision were, there isn't a man on this earth who needs you. You have nothing left to give to anyone. All your best years are gone. You already gave everything you had and it wasn't enough. Let's pause there for a moment. Have you ever had that feeling that no matter what you gave or what you have given, that it's not enough? I believe the best parts of me had dissolved along with my marriage. I desired more than anything to grow old with my person in the best of ways. Instead, I had entered a staggering reality, my perception, that I had grown old in the worst of ways. What man deserved what was only left. I believed the good 
my femininity, my sexuality, my body, my essence was put to rest. And there stood my fair, flawed resolve of acceptance. I spent hours with God, hours with God, crying out to him for answers to show me what all of this meant, all of this process that I had gone through as a, as a young girl, as a young adult, making my way in this world of makeup and skincare. But I realized that it wasn't about that at all. That was just a piece of it. That was just what God used and worked through as a vehicle to open up my eyes to see there was so much more beyond what's on the outside. So what I realized is that regardless of the venture, I couldn't escape the deep desire for every woman to know their worth was beyond skin deep. Rewriting their story to live with their femininity, sexuality, and essence restored and intact. In reflection of my story, adolescence and beyond, I realized I was always after one thing, soul care. Artistry became the riverbank for everything God invited me to tend and steward. When we pay attention to what grabbed our attention as a child, often we can see the tapestry that God has been weaving all along. Over 20 years now, I can still recall a conversation so vividly with a representative from a product line who rapidly responded when I asked, can you tell me what the packaging looks like? While laughing, she stated, Juliet, women don't care about the packaging, they just want results. Although there's a sliver of truth in what she said, there was a question I was asking beyond the obvious. What I wanted to know is, does the packaging tell a story before you put it on your skin? Why did it matter to me? Because the outside is a reflection of what's on the inside. I care. I care how it makes me feel the moment it arrives. I want to feel happiness before it ever touches my skin. I feel like it says, hello, beautiful, as I enter my bathroom each morning. We don't realize this feast for the senses becomes a multi-sensory experience. Enter Jesus Christ, the master of creating the art of before and afters. Jesus Christ is the ultimate multi-sensory experience. He longs for us to embrace what his father created and what he redeemed and restored through the cross, his blood, and resurrection power. Our femininity, sexuality, intimacy, and essence. So I have a question for you. Does this offend you or invite you? Back to the story in my book. So there I stood, right? My fair, flawed resolve of acceptance. The keeper of my heart said to me, Arise, my darling, come away with me. This is found in Song of Songs 2.10. Love began to deconstruct the lies I was groomed to believe inside the fractured, sexually abusive system of human beings. As a child bride, this meant I had lived my life objectified, but ultimately was never the one to satisfy. For the first time in years, this shackle of splintered femininity and sexuality in my soul broke. My significance, my essence, my wildness, my self-love, my light and my body surrendered to a sacred process through the closeness of God's presence, reconstructing me with truth. His signature touch of unconditional love settled into my spirit, soul, and body, my heart, mind, and will. The sexual abuse, betrayal trauma, and every vile fantasy that left me hiding in the dark dissipated. Him and me, spirit to spirit, all of me absorbed 
by all of him. You know, often we push away what we don't understand. For far too long, we've believed a quote-unquote virtuous woman is one who hides and covers. We shame others into turtlenecks and loose-fitting attire. We quickly rant, modest is hottest, while we are dying on the inside. The truth is, it's all an attempt to torch the layers of our own soul. This isn't about what skin we should or shouldn't show. This is about a settled soul and loving the skin we're in from the inside out and outside in. Again, my question to you, does this offend you or invite you? The skin that I'm talking about is the skin that wraps around the frame of the structure your maker fashioned and said, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. The frame that is home to the beautiful soul of a woman who is God's beloved daughter. The frame that is home to the heart of a warrior. A confident woman is a beautiful woman and she longs to be free. So who are we really? From the inside out and outside in. We have become detached from our femininity, sexuality, intimacy, and essence because we are emotionally and spiritually detached in our soul. We find it nearly impossible and acute to connect with every part of who we are. We will spend energy hyper-focusing on what others should cover up because our own soul is in turmoil. We tend to find it easier to tear apart someone else's essence piece by piece due to the chaos in our own soul. Remember this truth. If Satan can't destroy us, he will distract us with every imposter possible. Back to my book. Scripture tells us, above all, to guard the affections of our heart, for they affect all that we are. We are to pay attention to the welfare of our innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. This is found in Proverbs 4.23, and the emphasis on that scripture is mine. So by doing that, we can offer the greatest measure of vulnerability when the affections of our innermost being are entrusted to God. Our belovedness is safe and secure, not on display for human touch or performance, or to incite the attention of unwanted guests. Our innermost being is reserved for the one. The affections of our heart, our wellspring of life, is the fine wine that develops in the holy, dark cellar of our soul. The fermentation in the finest reserve embodies the rich color, the delicious taste, and the unforgettable aroma of a warrior who knows her value, that she is the best there is, selected from the vine by the vine dresser. Then the overflow of our eloquence, beauty, glory, and splendor will be like fine linen laid upon the future of our spirit, soul, and body. So who are we really? Let's pause there for a moment and ask ourselves that question. So who am I really from the inside out and outside in? Then ask yourself this next question. Does this offend me or invite me? And why? Why do I feel offended or why do I feel invited? We glide through our day, then crawl under the covers of shame at night. Our attempt to live falls prey to merely existing. But here comes the light. 
what if, what if we redirected all of our energy to prayer over our own hearts and cried out, God, transform me into a woman you can trust every day. God, let me be the reason why another woman decides to trust again. God, help me love every part of myself, even the parts I've despised through self-hatred and self-loathing. God, restore my connection to my femininity, my sexuality, my intimacy, and my essence. Then this is what happens. I believe reinvention would be underway. Our lens for humanity, for ourselves, for our fellow warriors would be wiped clean day by day. The physical appearance of others would no longer pose a threat and give a voice to the imposters in our own soul, telling us to live a narrative that's beneath us. The restored soul would embrace those around us regardless of their outward appearance. We would begin to look for the good and celebrate instead of tolerating another darling soul. Shortly after a few conversations I share in my book that God began to work through the scar tissue covering up this arrow tip. He led me to the scriptures that say, He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord in Proverbs 18.22. And then in Genesis 1.31, it says, God saw everything he made and it was very good and pleasant. Through inner healing prayer, I realized I believed parts of me were good, except the part of my story held by my body, my femininity, and sexuality. In the closeness with God, I grieved the loss of my virginity, the faithfulness of my body, and the covenant of my soul I had committed to one human being my entire life, who then dishonored and discarded it. My broken good had trapped my breath that God desired to be shared with another man my covenant redeemer. He restored my desire to be intimately loved and pursued by a man who reflects his heart, peace, and kindness. He restored my trust to believe that there will come a love that lasts, that comforts, and that stays in spirit, soul, and body, mind, will, and emotions. A love that hungers for connection deeper than satisfaction. A soul who lives from intention not perfection. A love that longs for holy contentment, not imposters that momentarily satisfy. A love that fights for vulnerability. A life defined by love, sacrifice, character, trust, integrity, loyalty, and precious friendship. Consider this. If another female is uncovered according to your standards, this is a love dare. (laughs) I dare you to love on her and offer her heart a compliment. When our first thought is, well, she's obviously looking for attention, you know, you just might be right. So I have a challenge for you. Give her the attention of Jesus Christ, of perfect love through a kind word or deed and let her know she is seen by God. When we taste Jesus Christ, we can't untaste him. There's a scripture that says, taste and see that God is good. I encourage you, walk away and cover her in prayer with the relentless love of Jesus Christ. We can sit in a seat of judgment against her, or we can choose to partner with the love of Jesus and let her taste and see that he is good. Be the breath of fresh air she never expected and create an opportunity for her to have a before and after. This is the path to living life as a watershed warrior. Through this, we help one another recover our breath, rewrite our story, and refresh our soul. These prayers we offer up to God repeatedly 
determine every watershed moment we will experience throughout our lives. Years ago, while putting my own pain to paper, I looked at my pen spilling ink upon the pages and said, the pen is ours, the ink is his. In my book, I share that as I revisited this entry in my mind, I was undone by God's unconditional romance, his scars of perfect love that reached through the shattered layers, pulled back the curtain and invited me to step into a divine dance of defiant joy and unrivaled wholeness. I realized he wanted all of me whole, nothing broken, nothing missing, Among the thorns in the field of my heart and on the barren ground where I stood, my soul was being reborn. His living water, raining down, had made its way deep beneath the surface of my struggle. His love found me in the field and invited me to dance in this rain for the rest of my life. We see in the scripture from the prophet Isaiah, he says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed and qualified me to preach the gospel of good tidings to the meek, the poor, the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up and heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the physical and spiritual captives and the opening of the prison and of the eyes to those who are bound. In the book of Luke, we see Jesus stand and declare that this scripture that Isaiah spoke of has been fulfilled. Our invitation from Jesus is to follow in his footsteps and show others through love why he came. I think of the scripture that says Jesus endured the cross because of the joy set before him. That joy is you and me. We are his diamonds. His love doesn't make exceptions contingent on our inclusions, the fair or flawed, the acceptable or unacceptable in our eyes. He saw you first and me first, and he marks us with his good. What I want you to know is this. Only the skilled hands of our master can remove the unseen weight from arrow tips left behind in the wake of trauma. This is faith's perfection, our taste of Eden and intention of paradise, as he captivates our hearts through every healing gaze upon us. At the end of chapter 10, Found in the Field, I would like to share with you my personal prayer for you, an exhortation. A watershed warrior celebrates the progress she's made and the healing she's found. Look at you. My darling friend, you've never looked more beautiful, more alive than you do right now. I am honored for every moment you press pause today to listen to the details of my life. I hope you found yourself between the readings today and let your hair down and surrender to his unrelenting love as you unravel and unlearn destructive styles of giving, relating, and receiving. Fear, Self-hatred and doubt are relentless pursuers, but his love conquers all. And God says that we are more than conquerors because he loves us. So let's pray together. Jesus, I ask you to clothe my sister's nakedness as you did mine. Permanently fill the pen of her life with your ink of goodness, hope, and restoration. Quench her thirsty soul with your love as each arrow tip is removed and her wounds are restored. Restore her spirit, soul, and body, heart, mind, and will. 
Restore all the mental and physical pathways impacted by trauma. Redeem the wake the arrows left behind through her courageous yes. Restore her femininity, her sexuality, her intimacy, her essence, and her body to safety in you. Jesus, she has been bought with your blood. Make her whole, nothing broken and nothing missing. Her femininity and her sexuality now live with the new narrative rewritten by your blood, Jesus. Your truth has cleansed her and restored her power and her freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. This is a conversation that we can navigate well when we do it with intention and honor and from a place of love and to know that our stories are all so different, right? Like that's what makes us unique, that human to human, that we don't know what someone else has walked through. We don't know what's in her story. There's a lot of moving parts and pieces in my own life that will never go into a book that will never be spoken from a platform uh, and maybe never even shared in private conversation. And it's simply because those are pieces that God has said, those are sacred. That's between me and you. And there's definitely been moments where I've wanted to share and God's just said, let's leave that where it is. We can work through this together. And that's really what the desire of my heart is in exposing the parts of my story and bearing my soul <laughs> to the world through my book. All of the pieces that God asked me to write about. And I will tell you that chapter 10, I had no intention of including that in my book. And I can recall exactly where I was sitting in the day that God said, you're going to write about this. This is going to be, this is going to be in your book. And I said, no. <laughs> well, if you know anything about God, you know, when he asks you to do something, it's, it's not up for negotiation. <laughs> but I tried. I made a I made a, a feeble attempt at least, but I can remember sitting there that day and just, man, the floodgates opened and, you know, for me and my story, you got to get my book. You got to listen to it. I have people that they get, they get the audible version and then they buy the hardcover and they're like, Hey, I can have you live. I can have you reading to me while I'm following along. So, hey, do whatever works for you. I think it's great. You want to get the audio and the hardback? Perfect. Get both. But as you're going through that, what I want you to know as an author is, you know, for me, it was working through these places in my story and healing at the same time. And so this conversation with God that came up of like, hey, I, I want you to believe me for your covenant redeemer for the man that I want to bring you in your life. And I was like, Hey God, I'm good. Like me and my kids, we're good. <laughs> like, I, me, me and Jesus and my, my children were perfect. This is, this is good. And he just said, Hey, that's not going to work for me. 
what I didn't know, as I stated earlier, is that this removal and this rebuild that was happening was so far beyond thinking about creating a life with a man again. I had to first cocoon with Jesus Christ. I needed to work through these deeply embedded arrow tips, ones that were so far under this scar tissue that I had no idea existed. These were the deepest arrow tips of my life. I knew that for me, it would be going through the process of healing and cocooning with Jesus while also realizing that when God would bring this man into my life, it would then be walking the healing out that had transpired with Jesus in that cocooning process, knowing in my own life that this process that he invites us into, Philippians 1.6 says that I'm confident that what he started, he will finish. And I refer to my book that God is the, he's the finisher. He puts those finishing touches on our lives. But that gave me so much hope to know that it's okay that I'm always in process because that's how he designed us to work out our salvation and to live my life. And so, yeah, I just want you to know that it's okay that your process doesn't look like your friends, that your process doesn't look like someone in your family, um, that your process may not even look like mine. What you're invited into in my book and Watershed Warrior and going through the soul care sessions, at the end of each chapter, there are soul care sessions. And what I've done for you is taken time to create a pause and a reflect and those soul care sessions are designed for you to do just that. It's not a checklist. It's not a one and done. This entire book is a framework for you to be able to work through these very dark, hard, lonely, tumultuous places in your story. And as I refer to at the very beginning of my book, in the soul care guide and the playbook and that is and i've already said it but is cocooning with jesus and being inside of that cocoon and staying the path and staying in the process my beautiful sister-in-law always says stay in your story and i really believe that's so powerful because we cannot afford to spend our energy comparing our story to someone else because it's supposed to look different. It has to look different because what God has for us, what he's carved out for us to walk out and to step into, it's essential that it looks different because you're going to go through a season of your life that I get to glean from. I get to learn from just like from me to you. And it's, it's this beautiful ebb and flow that God invites us into. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation with you today, this dialogue of our soul that's like, man, what does this look like? Our, our femininity, our sexuality, our intimacy, our essence, that to know that our intimacy is not, when we hear that word intimacy, we're not talking about sex. We're talking about 
us that God, ourselves, God created us, spirit, soul, and body, heart, mind, and will, we are wired for intimacy. And even, you know, women that I come across just in conversation or at speaking events or retreats or conferences, they'll say, there's language that you use that makes me really uncomfortable. And I'll ask, tell me more about that. Why does that make you uncomfortable? And as we, as we unpack you know, places in their story, of course, of course it makes us uncomfortable. It can be, there's pain there. There's wounds that are telling a story that there's still infection there that we haven't dealt with. And there's romantic language there's so much in our stories that we don't know the difference between love and lust. We don't know the difference between intimacy and sex. We don't know the difference between our sexuality and femininity and belonging and acceptance. We go through life with the remnants in our soul I'd like to read the pause at the end of chapter 10 that's in the soul care session. And this is what it says. He's all around you, loving you. The cross of Jesus is anchoring hope in your heart, whispering truth to your innermost being, sharing mysteries to your soul, and reviving your dying spirit. You belong. You are home, and he is in you. You are one with the one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, are breathing life into your being. The living water is eliminating dehydration in your desiccated existence. The Prince of Peace is destroying the epidemic in your soul of abandonment, worthlessness, depression, despair, anxiety, and fear. His allegiance to your spirit, soul, and body is his perfect love. Your mind is sound, your soul is found, and your spirit is unbound by his blood. Step into your power through the power of his resurrection. What you feel is an epidemic in your soul because you are longing for love to satisfy every place in you, but not love from an imperfect human being. This is perfect love from Jesus Christ. Extravagant love that only comes from restoration and redemption through him. I want to invite you today to pause here, grab a pen, a journal, light a candle, get something hot to drink, coffee, tea, whatever makes you happy. And after today's episode, can you just find a little solitude for yourself? Is there some place that you can sit, some place to do a little reflection and pull from some of the questions and utilize those as prompts and some journaling for yourself. And I'm not sure if you're listening today and you've never journaled before, I implore you, I beg you, I invite you, go to Barnes and Noble, shout out to Barnes and Noble, go there, go on Etsy, go on Amazon, 
go to Walmart, whatever works for you. Just find a journal that you enjoy waking up to every day and begin. Begin to write your feelings and your thoughts. And if that scares you or you don't know where to begin, begin with today's episode. Utilize this as almost a soul care session for yourself to say, why does some of what she said offend me? And why does it invite me? What am I feeling in my soul? Are there pieces of what I've shared with you today? Do they resonate? Does it trigger you? Does it spark hope? Does it invite you to shift your perspective? Maybe there's women in your own life right now. Maybe it's you. God has you at the right place at the right time to hear what I shared today, to know that you are so deeply loved and desired and seen and heard and known by God. You're so special. Thank you so much for tuning into this solo episode of Yellow Soul today. Don't forget to subscribe so that you're the first to know when a new episode is released. And my book, Watershed Warrior, can be purchased on Amazon, Audible, iTunes, and Kindle. And yes, I had the most amazing experience narrating my own book on audible.com. It was so fun. Also, would you please leave me a review on Amazon when you purchase my book or if you have purchased it? That would mean so much to me. It allows me as an author to rank in their algorithm so that others can be recommended my book when they're purchasing one similar to mine. And that allows us to expand our reach of soul care. So would you help spread the word and the love so that someone else can breathe a little deeper, recover their breath, rewrite their story and refresh their soul. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram. Let's become friends at Juliet Marhofer. Duggar. Thank you again, friend, for being with me today. And until next time, cheers.